0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks.
1: In this episode, meet Kickstarter co-founder Yancey Strickler, author Sasha Sagan, and nature writer Gary Ferguson. As Yancey Strickler notes in this interview, the world of value is bigger than we think. Go behind the mic with each one of these authors as they talk about variations on this idea as viewed through the lenses of business, philosophy, and engagement with the natural world. Plus, get new audiobook recommendations from these three voracious listeners. Enjoy.
2: Hi, my name is Yancy Strickler. I'm the author of This Could Be Our Future, a manifesto for a more generous world. I started writing this book after seeing my neighborhood, the Lower East Side of New York City, change. One day, I noticed that there were bank branches all over the place. In fact, there were almost a dozen branches within a 20-minute walk from where I lived. And I suddenly realized that while bank branches and other chains were growing, small businesses and local entrepreneurs were being forced out. And I started thinking more about the bigger picture this might relate to. So the book explores how a force that I call financial maximization, the belief that the rational choice in any decision is whichever option makes the most money, overtook the world. If you only take away one thing from this book, it would be the new knowledge that the world of value is bigger than we think. Right now, we think that financial value is the only rational thing that we can make choices based on. Financial value isn't the final say on value. It's just the first one that we've learned to define. The future is going to be about pulling more of these moralistic values into something like a measured value kind of space, where we can make choices thinking about the impact of our decisions on the environment or on the people around us. And that's something that we all learn how to do. Whether we're the literal people that discover these new values or not, something we can all move forward with, is the knowledge that the spectrum of value is way bigger than we've been taught to believe. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be intimate. I feel like I'm cracking open my brain and showing you everything that's inside. The experience of sharing that through a microphone was wild, and I'm a little anxious about having people listen to it, so I hope they like it. Uh, while recording this book, I realized I had trouble pronouncing a lot of words, capitalist being one of the hardest of all. There's a lot of hard T's that you miss out on. Yeah, no, I learned quite a bit about how to pronounce a lot of different names and words like usury, which I realized I had been pronouncing incorrectly before. In terms of my narration, I was proudest that Linda, and the engineer here, appeared to enjoy listening to my voice. <laughs> and this was a pleasant surprise. I was always picturing Alec Baldwin and Royal Tenenbaums, that kind of narration, as my inspiration. But yeah, I'm happy with how it turned out. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would probably cast maybe Alex Trebek to be the narrator. We would all believe anything we heard Alex Trebek say. He is a man of infinite fact, so I'd love a voice like that to share these ideas. The last audiobook that I listened to was Anne Heche's Call Me Crazy, which was notable because part of Anne's story is that she was abducted by aliens at some point in her life, and she actually speaks this alien language on the audiobook. That was quite exciting for me as a listener to get to hear.
1: Hi, this is Sasha Sagan, author of For Small Creatures Such as We. I wrote my book because I became a mom. I realized that my husband and I had to sort of figure out what we wanted to teach our daughter and how we were gonna mark time and celebrate and sort of look at philosophy through a secular lens without being really pessimistic and cynical. And the more I talked to people and the more I wrote about those themes, the more I thought maybe other people felt that way too. I was inspired by my parents' work, which is discussed throughout the book and really is the foundation of my worldview and a lot of what I talk about in my book. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be... Difficult. (laughs) I love audiobooks, and I'm very chatty, and so I thought it would be a breeze, but it was so emotionally difficult, and I realized that I have a serious tendency to drop words, add words in, even though I wrote the book. I realized I had trouble pronouncing sav. I thought it was salve, like something that you put on your skin for healing purposes. It has an L in it, and I didn't know it was silent. I'm going to be 37 in two months, and I didn't know. Also, there were a lot of foreign language words in the book that I had to practice, and I hope I did okay with, but those I knew I didn't know how to pronounce, so that wasn't a surprise. Hopefully they turned out okay. I am proud that I was able to not cry during the entire book. It could have just been hours of listening to me weep. So (laughs) I'm really proud of myself that I was able to pull it together. And some of the stuff that uh, made me emotional was not what I expected. So I'm really proud that I was able to pull it in when I needed to eventually. I'm excited that listeners will get to hear, you know, some of the really personal stuff in the book in my own voice. Some of the stuff about having my daughter, about falling in love with my husband, and, you know, some of the really hard stuff about losing my dad, losing other people who I was really close to. I think there's something valuable about hearing it someone's first-person experience in their own voice. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Julia Louis-Dreyfus, I think, because my husband and I love her and everything she does. Her timing couldn't be better. And she lost her dad a couple of years ago, I know, and so I think she'd be able to relate to the material, and we're just huge fans of hers. The last audiobook that I listened to and loved was, okay, I love audiobooks. I consume them voraciously. But one that I listened to recently was Americana by Chimamanda Ngozi Adichie, and the last two words of that book, which I won't spoil for anyone, but they are the perfect last two words for that book. The narrator's voice, her delivery, is still echoing in my mind, even though I finished it a couple of months ago. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is walking. I love walking. I try to walk everywhere I can, partly because I'm borderline phobic of driving. And so like when my daughter falls asleep in the stroller, or if I'm going somewhere on my own, listening to a book is so, so special to me. And there are parts of my neighborhood and parts of places I used to live where when I go back there, I remember the part in a book that I was listening to at some emotional moment in a story on that block, and it stays with me.
0: Hi, this is Gary Ferguson, author of The Eight Master Lessons of Nature, What Nature Teaches Us About Living Well in the World. You know, I wrote this book because I wanted to shine a light on the wisdom of nature and do it in a way that allows people to use these lessons, this wisdom, for their own lives. I wanted to remind readers that they are nature and that a lot of what works for all of life can work for them. Choosing one word to describe how it was to record the audiobook, I would say enlivening. These are the stories of what it means to be a, a traveler on planet Earth, giving actual voice to the wisdom of redwoods and wolves and elephants and humans too allowed me to more fully touch the energy held in what seemed to me to be strands of miracle. I had lots of good help in the studio, thank goodness, because I sometimes missed words, sometimes mispronounced them, sometimes had little clicks going on in my mouth, all of which certainly aren't relevant when I'm sitting at the keyboard, but suddenly became of great importance. I have a new appreciation for sound editors and sound engineers. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the name of a Hopi tribal elder. He was a scientist by the name of Frank Dukpa. In fact, so confused was I about how to pronounce that, I finally had to call the Hopi tribal government and ask for help. You know what I feel good about, what I'm proud of, is to have been given the chance to show through my voice both the astonishment as well as, I would say, reverence I felt when writing about these essential lessons of how life on earth not just works, but thrives. If it wasn't going to be me recording my audiobook, I would have cast David Attenborough. His voice can carry so much delight so much dignity, and also so much concern for the planet. Besides, what story doesn't benefit from a British accent? The last audiobook I listened to that I really loved was Hotel on the Corner of Bitter and Sweet by Jamie Ford, the tale of a boy growing up in Seattle during World War II as Japanese-Americans were being rounded up and sent to internment camps. It was narrated by Fyodor Chin. Chin's voice was able to catch all the sweetness and heartbreak and humility of Ford's beautiful story. My favorite place to listen to audiobooks is probably my living room in front of the fireplace. That's a place with very few distractions. And because of that, the stories I'm hearing really get a chance to rise to their full height.